0: Welcome in everybody, 5280 Sports Network, 5280 SportsNetwork.com. Jake Marsing coming to you from the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center, where the defending world champion Denver Broncos are celebrating a massive, humongous, ginormous 27-9 victory over the Houston Texans and former Broncos quarterback barack osweiler i am jake marsing no ryan green uh today ryan out uh hunting for clowns in the forests of the rocky mountains look forward to hearing how that goes for him when he comes back to join us probably tomorrow we will see how that goes but i am here to break down this broncos texans game give you all the news and notes you need From today out here at Dove Valley, we'll play a little bit of sound from Coach Kubiak's press conference that took place a little bit earlier today. And maybe even take a a quick sneak peek at the San Diego Chargers who will come to town this Sunday afternoon. Phillip Rivers, we know, loves playing in Denver. We'll break down that game uh, later in the week. We might get a little bit of sneak preview in depending on how much time we have. But let's start... With this Houston Texans game twenty seven and nine the final score, I think the the big takeaway for me in this ball game was that the Broncos defense wasn't joking uh, with some of the things that I heard during the course of the week, both in the locker room and kind of the general vibe around the team. They intended to come out and make Brock Osweiler look like the quarterback that I have always believed he is, which is a deeply flawed, fundamentally unsound passer, a guy who is tough, smart, somewhat athletic, but when it comes to the fundamentals and even the finer points of playing the position, he's just always going to be fundamentally flawed. Brock is bad at his job. I think I said that on Twitter a couple of times last night, and the stat line shows it. He throws the ball 41 times, has 131 yards passing. There is no universe in which throwing the football 41 times and and only coming up with 131 yards passing is acceptable. Brock's final stat line, 22 of 41 for 131. Uh, One sack, no touchdowns, no interceptions, a rating of 60.1, and he did have a fumble in there in one of the most... Kind of hilarious plays you'll ever see in your life. The, the throwing the ball forward and it just falls out of his hand. That play to me encapsulates what Brock Osweiler is. What he will always be, just a really fundamentally flawed quarterback who can't take advantage of the skill set, the physical tools that he has, because he has so many problems. The biggest issue I have with Brock is the arm slot—is that that weird sideways arm sling that he has, because it totally takes away any advantage that his six foot eight height w- would place. He plays like he's six foot three. He plays four inches shorter than he really is. And Broncos defenders after the game even commented on it. Derek Wolfe got a tip and said it's one of the easiest tips I've gotten because the ball comes out basically at his shoulder as opposed to over the top like you'd see out of a lot of great quarterbacks. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all have that very nice over the top throwing motion. That is one of the biggest issues. The other thing that we talk about when we talk about great quarterbacks and what distinguishes the good from the great and even the bad from the good is how do they handle the blitz how do they handle being pressured and and, and being able to, to to handle those pressure pack situations where you know you're going to get rushed you know you're going to get blitz Brock did not handle those last night. He didn't handle them well at all, and that showed up on the tape. It showed up on the stat sheet. Uh, It will show up on the the coach's film when I have a chance to break that down, probably tomorrow. Look for that piece over at 5280sportsnetwork.com. But for me, this game was never in question, and I basically said it was going to be 27-13 was my prediction. It wound up being 27-9. Game played out basically exactly how I thought it would, Without the, with the one kind of noticeable exception that the Broncos weren't able to get sacks on Brock Osweiler, they put a lot of pressure on him, but they weren't able to create sacks. They weren't able to get home. That's because he he's really is a he's a good athlete. Let me let me put that out there. He is a good athlete and he's able to step around pressure. A lot of the time he was able to to make smart decisions in terms of when to use his feet. The issue is he's just so clueless as a passer that it really negates any benefits that his athleticism might have. But really, the the Broncos' defense did come to play last night. They put up an exceptional evening. I'm just looking over the stats of this game. Really, they held DeAndre Hopkins to 36 yards receiving, no touchdown. C.J. Fedorowicz, 35 yards. Will Fuller uh seven targets could i mean really a very nice night even though they didn't get any interceptions out of him uh yeah just a a pretty excellent evening all across the board from the broncos and being able to just take care of business on the defensive end on the offensive end there were some things that you like uh obviously you love the way that cj anderson ran the football especially from the second quarter on anderson finishes the night uh, with on 16 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown, a 6.7 average. That's impressive. That that's flat out, downright impressive. But it didn't start out that way. Devonte Booker really proved to be the spark in that ball game that got things going. Booker's a very intriguing runner, and as the season's gone along, he's starting to see things a little bit better. I, I didn't get the chance to talk to him today in the locker room because the players are actually off today. The players get today off. They'll come back in tomorrow, review the film, and get to work on uh, on San Diego. But when I do get into the locker room tomorrow, I, I want to talk to Devontae Booker about kind of being that that spark early in the game that set off the powder keg that was the Broncos' offense last night. Really pretty explosive at times. Trevor Simeon uh, did not have a great night, 14 of 25 for 157, uh, and a touchdown to Demarius Thomas, who I thought had some moments that where he looked excellent, even though he uh, he also had uh, a couple of drops in there that I know are going to drive fans crazy. But DT is a physical freak. We've talked about that, how good he can be and how good he often is when given the opportunity to be, and he was that last night. Simeon, though, 14-25 uh, for 157, a rating of 88.2. Uh, Pretty impressive night from him, not necessarily showing up on the stat sheet. Here's the issue that I have with Simeon. And I have a long feature that's coming out. It should be out actually now on 5280 SportsNetwork.com about exactly what my issues with Simeon are. I, I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's very good. And that piece will either run tonight or tomorrow at 5280 SN. We'll see uh, kind of when when the the bosses are able to go through that. But generally the premise of the piece is that he's not very good and that he has a lot of deficiencies that are going to keep him from ultimately being the quarterback that i think a lot of people expect him to be and hope to be but that doesn't mean that he's that he's bad there are a lot of things he does well uh but ultimately, he's a system quarterback who's reliant on the Kubiak offense and the running game in order to be successful. When the system isn't working, when the running game isn't working, Simeon's going to struggle, and we saw that last night. The first possession, he has three—he throws, I think it was six consecutive passes on the first uh, three on the first six plays. There might have been one run mixed in there now that I think about it, but five or six passes on the first six consecutive plays, most of them incompletions. One completion, two to Marius Thomas on a screen pass that he just kind of threw errantly, forced DT to jump up into the air and grab it, and DT is 6'3", and he had to go basically fully extend for that football, which is not something you want to do on a screen pass, because it forces the, it, uh, It forces the the, the receiver to to try and get his feet down as fast as he can. DT wasn't able to set his feet and get upfield, which is exactly what that play is designed to do. That's something that Simeon has to work on. That's a footwork issue more often than not. When a guy is throwing high, it's because he's not setting his feet the right way and his target is off. Sometimes it has to do with his release point, too, which can also go back to the feet. But generally, I think Trevor had an okay night. I think he's an okay quarterback. Um, I... My issue is that I don't know what things are going to look like in December and into January if the Broncos are able to get there with Trevor Simeon under center. Because in the playoffs, more often than not, there are times when spectacular quarterbacks have to make spectacular plays, and I just don't know if he's capable of doing that. I I don't think Paxton Lynch necessarily is either because I think he's— got his set of issues that are entirely his own. So the Broncos might just be stuck between a rock and a hard place here at quarterback. So for right now, I think Trevor Simeon is their their best option, but he's certainly not an A-plus option. He's more like a C option. In fact, uh, on my grade sheets this season, I've yet to grade him as anything higher than a a B-minus I gave him for the Cincinnati game he went off, but he went off mostly because the Cincinnati Bengals' defense let him go off. He took what they gave him, and they gave him a lot of stuff deep down the field. That boosted up his rating, boosted up his yardage, boosted his touchdowns. The stat sheet looks great, but the film shows a guy who is really just taking the opportunities that are there in front of him, which is what Trevor does in every single game. The, the key last night, though, in this Texans ball game, really did have to do with the running game and how that all worked out. Uh, and that all starts with a, with the offensive line up front. Russell Okung did play last night, which quite honestly shocked me. I did not expect him to be ready to go after having to go to the hospital after the San Diego game last week, but he was there. He was ready to play, and he, he had an okay night. There were a few critical penalties that created problems for the broncos offensive line and head coach gary kubiak spoke about those today at the podium
1: we have to worry about ours but i think it's going on around the league i mean i think there's a lot of calls going on uh you look at the uh the overall number of calls going on in in a game week in week out uh but we've got to go address ours i mean we i think they're dead on on a few of them we, we we're going to argue about a few of them that you know we do that all the time but uh yeah, the the early ones really hurt us. You know, we had two big third down conversions and ready to go do something, and we go right back to third and long. So, uh, but I liked our poise overcoming them. We had a big uh, PI call defensively, game a 50 yard play, or whatever it was, a big play, and but we hold them to a field goal. So we overcame those type of things.
0: That's Gary Kubiak talking about the penalties on the Broncos' offensive line that that were. Better than they were last week because, like Coach said, they were able to overcome them. But there were still too many to be uh, to feel gr- to feel great about this offensive line's performance. But when you look at the rushing numbers, the rushing totals really pretty effective for the the Broncos last night. 190 total yards rushing on 35 attempts. That includes a uh, a one yard a negative one yard rush from from Trevor Simeon, which I'm assuming is that sack. No, they don't have them listed here as having a sack. But uh, no, it was a, a, an effective night for the Broncos' offensive line. Okung, Stevenson, uh, Schofield, Paradis, who had an excellent night, uh, Max Garcia. It, it was a good group for them and a good showing for them. And partly because of the way Gary Kubiak has challenged them. He's he's asked them to step up and force them to take responsibility for a lot of the issues that they've had. Coach Kubiak talked about challenging his offensive line at the podium today as well.
1: We kind of challenged our team, Mike. Not just them. I mean, we, we talked about. Obviously, we had a bunch of bunch of uh, penalties the week before. We had some big plays called back. You know, we get off to a rough start last night with some but uh, you know, I remember Clancy getting after him last time we said, just keep playing, keep playing, you know, we'll work ourselves out of this, you know, trying to trying to be positive, working ourselves out of it, and I think we did a good job of that. But being committed to the run, staying staying involved, staying committed to what we were doing, I think really helped him play better.
0: And because the offensive line stepped up, the Broncos' running game stepped up. And as we have talked about over and over and over again here on the Broncos' Blitz, when things go well for the Broncos in the running game, everything else opens up. This entire offense is dependent on running the football. And if they're able to get to 120 yards rushing in any game, they will win. That's just generally the way things go barring turnovers or craziness when the Broncos run the ball they're able to use play action use those bootlegs, use misdirection and get guys open through trickery, which is essentially what this Kubiak system is designed to do it's designed to force those backside defenders to cheat, force safeties to play up so that they can go over the top all those different things and when the running game is working all of that works a whole heck of a lot better Now, the one thing we really haven't seen is when a good defense is challenging both the Broncos' running game and the passing game. They're playing both honestly and equally. We haven't seen how Trevor Simeon handles that if that defense is able to shut down the running game. I I kind of throw out the Bengals' game because it was so obvious... What the Bengals defense was doing—they were challenging Trevor Simeon to beat him. They weren't playing the pass honestly, and he did beat him. And, and and good on him for being capable enough to do that. But I want to see a defense that doesn't cheat up so much, that isn't so set on stopping the run, that plays at appropriate depth in the in the in the secondary in the backfield, and does play the pass equally as they play the run, has success against the run, and still doesn't cheat up. Uh, to give Simeon those opportunities over the top like the Bengals did. How does he perform in those situations when he's really challenged like that? I honestly don't know the answer to those questions, and I don't think the Broncos do either. But either way, the Broncos really have a, had a nice night last night, a good game. The Broncos' defense came to play. I knew that they would. I told you as much last week here on the Broncos' Blitz. This week is kind of a, a weird week for them schedule-wise. They are off today. So while we're here and the coaches are here, the players actually are not here. They won't. I think some guys got treatment this morning, but other than that, they are not here. They didn't practice today. They will be back tomorrow to get to work for the San Diego Chargers. They'll be here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They'll take Saturday as kind of that walk-through day, and then they'll play at home uh, during the afternoon slot against the Chargers on Sunday. And this is one of those games, kind of a, a weird schedule where you have... The Chargers, and then such a long period, and then the Texans, and then the Chargers again. So the only game that the the Broncos have to worry about in terms of breaking down film is uh, that Chargers win over the Atlanta Falcons, which I think is going to be beneficial to them because obviously the Falcons were not a team that the Broncos were able to figure out. The Chargers did figure them out. So seeing those different things on tape I think will be really helpful. I'm going to go back and watch that game, the game tape of that myself either tonight or tomorrow, and we'll see what I can find and uh, whether or not I think that the Broncos are going to be able to pl- uh, fare any better at home against the Chargers than they did on the road. The key for that game, and we'll talk about it more as the week goes on, probably on Thursday or Friday, because tomorrow will be our, our Get to Know a Bronco episode with uh, either Lorenzo Doss or Capri Bibbs. i got to see which guy uh, is available. But either of those two guys will be joining us tomorrow but after that, on Thursday or Friday, when we, when uh, Ryan and I really start breaking down this game, the key for me is going to be running the football and handling Hunter Henry. He has got to be a guy that that, that has to be priority number one for the Broncos' defense. If they can handle him, then I think they'll be okay. Other than that, that that's essentially the, the big theme for this week we are uh, reworking getting back into rhythm this is the last week that the broncos have to work on a weird schedule from here on out it's mondays they're here tuesdays they're off wednesday thursday friday saturday they they walk through and then sunday it's a game so this is the last week where their schedule's a little screwy uh, until the playoffs and you know we'll see how things work out for them right now they're in an okay position they are i believe tied for second or first i think they're I think they're technically second right now with tiebreakers in the AFC West. But they will have opportunities against the Oakland Raiders, who I think are a really good football team. I'm looking forward to those games. That Week 17 game at home might uh, might wind up being a flex candidate for that week. We shall see. And we'll break it all down. We'll break the Chargers down. We'll break the Broncos down. But as I mentioned, tomorrow we will bring you either Lorenzo Doss or Capri Bibbs for our Get to Know a Bronco episode this week. Until then, and for now, and for everybody at 5280sportsnetwork.com, he's usually Ryan Green. He'll be back tomorrow. But I'm Jake Marsing, and this is 5280 Sports Network.